Good morning, brothers and sisters. Ray here from Innocence Redeemed. It's about 4.30 in the morning on June 9th, and I was just sitting outside for the last hour, hour and a half, having coffee and talking to the Lord, and I've been drawing near to him the last few days. I've just been sitting quiet a lot and praying and trying to understand and reflect on where everyone is and what everyone's thinking at the moment where their thoughts are, where they are spiritually. And I, I, I keep telling him, I said, Lord, I just don't know where people are. There is an unusual quiet right now. There's an unusual silence. Where is everyone at? What are you trying to show me? Why are you not? Because, you know, usually when the Lord is quiet, he's testing. He'll speak to me and reassure me that he's there, but... I don't get any specific revelations. And this morning when I was speaking to him, I saw an image, like a flash image of a fuel tank. And the fuel tank was like a quarter full. And what that spoke to me in discernment was he's showing me where people are at. They don't have enough fuel in their tanks or enough oil in their lamps to face what's coming. You know, over the past several weeks, I have done now several podcasts. I have done podcasts about getting into the ark when he said, why do my children continue to play? And we you know, Glenda and I paired up. Initially, Glenda wasn't even part of that podcast. I invited her on at the last minute, and she agreed to it. And we exhorted to you guys, you know, how the Lord wants us to live and treat one another. And there is a lot of silence and indifference. It's still going on. Um, I talk to people all the time, and they'll tell me it feels like a disconnect. There's a lot of quiet. And it's like, as these things are starting to happen, um, you know, there's rumors of military movement on both sides of the war. We are at war. It doesn't matter what anybody says. It just it doesn't have to be announced for us to be at war. People are figuring out, trying to understand where things are at. And what the Lord is trying to convey is you are focused on these things more than you're focused on me. And he's speaking to pretty much everybody. And he's silent because he's testing his people right now. He had those words that were talked about over the last several weeks put out for a specific reason. Because he wanted his children to hear them and put them into practice. And now he's quiet because he's testing everyone to see if they actually absorb the word and they're putting it into practice. And not only putting it into practice, but as everything heats up, he is testing his children to see if they are calling on him and spending time with him and abiding in him. Because in what's coming, ladies and gentlemen, you are not going to be able to get through this on your own, in your own strength. You are not. If that has not occurred yet, you need to hear it now. And so... What the tank showed me was the oil in the spiritual lamp is running low. 
people are being busybodies and they're not they're not getting enough of his word. They're not storing up the fuel for the storm. They're still out on the playground, you know, concerned with the things of the world rather than doing what they're supposed to do. You want to get your spiritual lamp filled with the oil, the spiritual oil. You want that now. You don't want a way to do that. You know, Jesus said that men's hearts would fail them for looking after the things coming on the earth. Men's hearts will fail them because when these things start to happen, everyone will start to say, well, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? But he's been telling us all along what we need to do. To occupy the time, to work while it's still light, to keep doing what we've been doing the righteous way, to keep praying, to keep seeking him, to keep absorbing more and more of his word. And we should first and foremost be acknowledging the word. And I think that's sometimes what happens. People get tied up. They want to know what's coming. They want to hear what's coming. They want to, they seek the prophecies and they want everyone to pray for them, but then they're not putting into action what's actually being said. All I can do, ladies and gentlemen, is be a messenger for the Lord. All I can do is show you what he's showing me and get it out there. It is up to you to act on what you hear, what I'm teaching you, what I'm showing you, what he's showing me to tell you. And, you know, I got to thinking about this. And it reminded me of the parable of the farmer scattering the seeds. You know, to quote this parable, we read from Matthew 13, and this is verses 1 through 23. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. As he scattered them across his field, some seeds fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plants soon wilted under the hot sun. And since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Other seeds fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. Still, other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even a hundred times as much as had been planted. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Now, when you sit and think about that parable for a moment, what does it say to you? I want you to think for a moment, picture me as the farmer, and the Lord has appointed me to plant the seeds. That is his word and what he expects from his people. Some people hear it, they nod, they agree with it, but when push comes to shove, are they actually putting it into practice? Are you actually hearing what is said? So when we move on in Matthew 13 and look at verse 10, his disciples came and asked him, why do you use parables when you talk to people? He replied, you know, he being Jesus, you are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but others are not. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given and they will have an abundance of knowledge. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. 
That is why I use these parables. For they look, but they don't really see. They hear, but they don't really listen or understand. This fulfills the prophecy of Isaiah that says, When you hear what I say, you will not understand. When you see what I do, you will not comprehend. For the hearts of these people are hardened, and their ears cannot hear. And they have closed their eyes, so their eyes cannot see, and their ears cannot hear, and their hearts cannot understand. And they cannot turn to me and let me heal them. You know, before we continue, there are many out there that are now facing many challenges. And you might be praying and praying and praying. But if you aren't out there planting good seeds, if you aren't trying to do what's been given to you, and believing the Lord to bless you, and praying on that when he gives you something to work with, because many of you have capabilities to do good, but some, again, many don't think that they have to do it. They think that somebody else will do it. You're hearing the word, but you're not putting it in action. And you're also, if you're doing that, you're forgetting that you personally are going to be accountable to the Lord. You know, Jesus went on, if you look at Matthew 13, verse 16, but blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. That's those who are obedient to the word, to what's being said. Verse 17, I tell you the truth, many prophets and righteous people longed to see what you see, but they didn't see it. And they longed to hear what you hear, but they didn't hear it. You know, if you act on wisdom, if you hear the word, if the seed sprouts, you're going to see and understand what it means when it's being given to you. Now, when you look at verse 18, Jesus goes on. Now listen to the explanation of the parable about the farmer planting seeds. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. Then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. You know, in other words, that's those who know what they ought to do, but then don't do it. Because they're more either concerned with worldly pursuits, and so they forget to put it into action, and it's taken away. The seed on the rocky soil, this is verse 20, the seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message immediately receive it with joy, but since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. You know, in other words, that's those who hear it and they agree that it sounds good and they know, they take it, they receive it in their hearts, then they might do it for a short time. But then as soon as something comes up, as soon as they're put in the blunder or their life is chaotic, they forget what they have to do. Because Jesus goes on, but since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth, so no fruit is produced. Many out there who could do a lot more with their money and they don't even bother. They don't even help people who are in need. I mean, I don't know where everybody thinks they're going. I mean, you're bound to lose everything you try to hang on to. So people are worried about their finances because of what they see right now. 
so then they stop helping. They're worried about the cares of this world. Like, whoa, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Oh, Lord, help me, help me, help me. He is helping you. He's telling you to keep his commands. We're, listen, when he says endure, we're supposed to keep doing as we have been taught until we can no longer do it. Verse 23, the seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly, listen to that word, who truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as they had planted. That means you live by example, and your example rubs off on others, and then they take it and run with it and do what they're supposed to do. They live righteously. They live like the Lord tells them. They hear the word, and they're doers of that word. There are so many who hear the word. They even go to church. They hear it, but because they're so focused on everything else, they quickly forget to put it into practice. And so right now, we're in a period of silence. We're in a period of testing. Because the Lord is testing everybody. And none of us are exempt, guys. He's testing me. He's been testing Glinda. He's testing a few other people I know. He's testing all of us to see if we're going to remain faithful to him, even as the times get, uh, for lack of a better word, stranger and stranger and stranger. And let's admit, I mean, they're getting just a little bit bizarre in case you haven't noticed. I'm sure most of you have. But you can't take your focus off of the Lord's word and what his will is, and you need to be praying in his will. You need to be doing what it says. You need to remain faithful to him. Then we get into the parable of the vine, and this is key. If you're not remaining in the Lord and producing good fruit, he's going to cut you off. The parable of the vine is covered in John chapter 15, verses 1 through 17. Let's go over that. Jesus said, I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. You know, that means you're producing, you're planting the seeds, you're doing right, you're living righteousness, you're living in righteousness, you're abiding in him. So you're going to produce more fruit the more you do, the more good you do. And it's, you know, we're saved by grace. And this is, this is another thing people get confused about. They say, well, you know, you're saved by grace. That doesn't mean just sit on your rear end and do nothing. Everybody is supposed to be fanning into flames their spiritual gifts. Everybody should be praying into the Lord's will. Say, Lord, it's not what I will. What would you have me do? Even during difficult situations, you have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me. That's the key. Verse 4 here. John 15, verse 4. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. How many people say, or go to church, or hear the word, and say, oh yes, I believe, I'm doing it, oh, but then they're not. Seriously, I mean, these are real questions we got to ask ourselves. Are we really doing are we really being doers of the word? Are we really seeking the Lord and what we're supposed to do? Are we really seeking him in his grace? Going on in verse 5. Yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me 
and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want, and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. I have loved you, even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey, keyword, when you obey my commandments, you know, when you take that seed and it bears good fruit, you remain in my love. Just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. You know, many people sit around sometimes like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm so unhappy, I'm depressed, I'm sad. Yes, but are you doing what you're supposed to be doing? I don't know about anybody else, but when I do good for things for others, when I get on and do one of these podcasts, I feel good about it. Because I know I'm doing his works. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. Verse 12, this is my commandment. And by the way, we just talked about this. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. Many are missing that memo. Folks, the selfishness needs to stop. The withholding needs to stop. The, you know, There needs to be a degree of fellowship in the body of Christ. Me and Glenda just talked about this not long ago. Yet I see people going into message boards sometimes. They're reaching out because they might not have anybody else, and hardly anybody even knows how to respond to them or even acknowledge them. But yet, if somebody comes in and throws in a random Bible verse, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, but at least put it into context. That somehow gets like 10 likes, and everybody gives an amen. But where is the support for that lone person who came in and needed someone's support? Think about that. What if that were you? You know, why, why is there so much withholding? Well, I'm concerned about this and I'm concerned about that. Well, then you're not abiding in the Lord. If you're disobeying the number one commandment, then how are you abiding in him? These are tough words to think about, but you need to think about them. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. That means you'll stand strong even in the face of persecution. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the Father told me. You didn't choose me, I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask using my name. This is my command. Love each other. I don't know how many more ways to put this into context. That doesn't mean just love people you live with. Reach out, ask the Lord what you can do. And don't wait for the time to come when you're facing a difficult situation because that day is going to come very soon, all right? I'm going to get real about it. You might be sitting pretty right now, but day could come, you'd lose all that in a heartbeat. And then what? What are you going to do then? What are you going to do when there's war? 
What are you going to do when you have to flee your home because it's not safe? Will you then think about how merciful you were to somebody? Luke chapter 6, verses 46 through 49. So why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching, and then follows it. It is like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on solid rock. When the floodwaters rise and break against that house, it stands firm because it is well built. But anyone who hears and doesn't obey is like a person who builds a house right on the ground without a foundation. When the flood swept down against that house, it will collapse into a heap of ruins. So in conclusion, when the Lord is showing me that there is a tank, when I get a vision of an empty gas tank, or in the case of spiritually, it is those who are not filled with the oil in their lamps, they're either oblivious or willfully ignoring what's being said, they're in danger. Separately, you know, Glinda for a few days has been getting words on this. And so it's interesting, you know, those who are walking close to the Lord, we're, we're getting similar revelations on what the Lord is saying right now. You were told to humble yourselves, pray and abide and seek the Lord. Did you do it? I'm going to read this word that Glinda posted on Monday, June 6th. My children, do you understand the gravity of what is coming into your world? I have sent you warnings, yet you are not warned. I have sent you my word, yet you ignore the warnings it contains. You refuse to believe. Most of you are in no way prepared for what is about to descend on your world. Because you have not believed, you will not be ready and chaos will ensue. You will panic as you have not renewed your mind in my holy word, as I instructed you. You will not know what to do. What will it take for you? What will it take for you to accept that you live in the time of the end and the end is fast approaching? Are you so blinded by your sin? Are you so blinded by the enemy's deceptions that you have believed his lies? Repent. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. And she quotes 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 20. And they rose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall ye be established. Believe his prophets, so shall ye prosper. You know, the Lord doesn't send his servants and prophets out to tell you these things just for entertainment. Second Timothy 3 verses 1 through 5. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. I see unthankful all the time. Without natural affection, they don't love one another. They say they love, but they don't. Truce breakers. I will, I will, I will. False accusers. Incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. They mock and scoff those exhorting to them what they ought to do, but they don't know how to do it themselves, or they think they don't know wrong. They won't even humble themselves to confess what they do wrong and change their ways. Traitors, 
heady, high-minded, that's prideful, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof from such turn away. Let's read another message. Wednesday, June 8th, 2022. My children continue to have their eyes on the world as the enemy plots their destruction. That's exactly what I've been talking about at the beginning of this, when I was shown the fuel tank image of like a gauge in the red. Going on in the message, the night of many souls comes sooner than you think. My children, it is imperative you saturate your souls with my holy word that you may abide fully in me when this time arrives. Got to absorb that seed, guys, and let it sprout. You got to put that spiritual oil in your lamp. You don't want it running on empty. You don't want it running on fumes and going out. And in this message, she quotes Luke 12, verses 18 through 20. And he said, this will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there I will bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, that has much goods laid up for many years, take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall those things be? which thou hast provided. So in other words, he's saying you can't do anything without him. That's what God is saying. You know, you're storing up, oh, I'm making all these preparations. <laughs> I'm looking pretty, look at all those suckers. When you only looked out for yourself and you didn't bother with anyone else and you were selfish and you didn't put your works to use, you'll be showed how foolish you were. That's what I was just talking about a little bit ago. 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 2 and 3. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say, Peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them, as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. Now, and this is awesome because as I was recording this, Glinda just posted a new message, and this is a repost called My Methods. It's June 16th, 2020. This wasn't even up when I started this recording, and it came up right as I was reading these other ones. My methods have not changed. As I rain down judgment on America, my methods will be the same methods of old. Flooding, fire, and brimstone, evil leaders, and war. I will send waves you cannot escape, fire you cannot extinguish, evil leaders you cannot rid yourselves of, and war that decimates all it touches. My children, my true children who know me, who make time for me, who serve me with their whole hearts, shall know mercy in this time. They will be guided to safety, and I shall provide well for them. They will have shelter and food and safety, just as my children in the land of Goshen long ago. For I will draw a line between the wicked and those who are mine. In time, they will be persecuted, because it will be obvious to all who see that they have enough when the wicked have none. Be strong in your faith, my children. Be sure of your relationship with me. Do you know me as father? Do you know me as your provider? Those who do not know me as provider will not be able to believe me for all they need in these days. Now is the time to build up your most holy faith. Come to me and cry out for more faith, and I will answer you. And then quoted here in the words, Jeremiah 14, verse 12. When they fast, I will not hear their cry. 
and when they offer burnt offering and an oblation, I will not accept them, but I will consume them by the sword and by the famine and by the pestilence. Jeremiah 14.15, Therefore thus saith the Lord, concerning the prophets that prophesy in my name, and I sent them not, yet they say, Sword and famine shall not be in this land. By sword and famine shall those prophets be consumed. That is those who are running around saying, all is well, don't worry, the Lord will take care of you. You know, it's all about just not doing any, you don't have to do anything, you know. No, you need to know your God. And you should be also doing his exploits. You should be trying to multiply that seed. Like I was talking about earlier. Jeremiah 29, 17. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Behold, I will send upon them the sword, the famine, and the pestilence, and will make them like vile figs that cannot be eaten. They are so evil. Exodus 11, 5-7 And all of the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die, from the firstborn of Pharaoh that sitteth upon his throne, even unto the firstborn of the maidservant that is behind the mill, and all the firstborn of the beasts. And there shall be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt, such as there was none like it, nor shall be like it any more. But against any of the children of Israel shall not a dog move his tongue against man or beast, that ye may know how the Lord doth put a difference between the Egyptians and Israel. That's what I was saying in the Humble Thyself podcast, guys. There's a division taking place right now. The Lord is separating the sheep from the goats. You know, those who are putting in the practice his word, those who are doing what they're supposed to, you know, if they're being merciful, if they're abiding in him, if they're calling on him, if he's testing you, if he's being quiet, if there are things you've prayed for and he has not answered them yet, you might want to examine your actions. He's probably trying to show you something. And to add the last uh, verse here that Glinda put, Proverbs 18, verse 10, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. So, I'm going to go back to one verse I just quoted earlier. Luke chapter 6, verse 46. So why do you keep calling me, Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? So again, you know, in closing, the Lord is calling his children in from the playground. He's saying, okay, have you not had enough yet of the world? When are you going to start putting into practice what I'm showing you? It is my prayer, brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, that you take this word in stride and really realize what the Lord is trying to say. If things seem quiet, if things seem like they're not working out, it's because he wants to draw you near to him. Take heed of what is being said so that you understand what he wants you to do. As it pertains to everything that has been presented over the last month. That's all I have for you right now. Jesus bless you, and until next time, be strong, stay safe everyone, keep walking righteously.